0: You know, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't spend time with God in prayer, I've had some wonderful time, wonderful time, quality time with God. It's one of the things that I've been doing in December, I just kind of pull away from things. I just look out at the snow and sit by the fireplace, talk to the Lord, have some good quality time with Him. And you know, if, if, if you don't spend any time with God, any time reading the Word or praying and you don't come to church. It doesn't change at all how God feels about you. Because God's opinion of you is not determined by what you do. However, if you don't spend time with them in prayer, if you don't read the word, if you don't come to church, it can change how you feel about God. because you're not receiving what he has for you. See, as a pastor, I'm a gift to you. Amen. See, you need to know how to unpack the gift and receive from the gift. And it's as I say often, it's not just what I say, but it's what the Holy Spirit says to you as a result of what I'm saying, or while I'm sharing, the Holy Spirit is ministering. Amen? All right. So, and spend time daily. I, I encourage you to spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. The Lord has things that he wants to share with you because he has a personal relationship with each and every one of you. I want to talk about Jesus, our Savior It's Christmas time, y'all, and it's all about Jesus. And Jesus came, uh, it's it's so important, it it wasn't his birth that saved us, but it was his death, his burial, and resurrection. And he came from heaven. Um, Okay, we got to figure this out now. This echo again, I'm hearing myself back. Okay, so we should know how to fix that, right? Okay, praise God. Uh, Jesus came and he forgave us. In order for him to die, he had to be born. And he came from heaven. And the son was never born. I'm going to show you that from the word of God. The the child was born. The son was given. He came from heaven because he always existed. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. The Bible says all things were made by him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to begin in Luke chapter seven. I want to show you a powerful story that talks about your forgiveness. Thank God we've been forgiven. In verse 36, um, now one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him, and he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. I love it. Jesus was chilling. I mean, he reclined, man. He was rested, man. Okay. Now, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. Everybody say a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of per, of perfume. Now, this woman was a sinner. Now, the implication is she... Uh, She's a prostitute, all right? And, but she bought this alabaster box, this vial of perfume. Now, you need to understand that this box of perfume was equivalent to at least one year's salary. So she saved this money up, and you know how she saved the money up. Doing her prostitute work, prostitution, I should say. So she made it. She made her money lying on her back. And so, now notice what she did. And standing behind him, at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and kept and and kept say kept kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now, there's always these religious people who don't get it. So there was a Pharisee. His name was Simon. And he's complaining. And he said, man, if this if this man would have known, he's murmuring, okay, that... Um, if this, if this this man, if he was a prophet, he'd have known what kind of woman this is. She's a sinner. And Jesus knew what he was what he what he was rapping about. So he said, Simon, the Pharisee he said, Come on, let me holler at you. He said, um He said, There's a man there was a man who there were two men that owed the same banker. One of them owed uh, 50 coins, another old 500 coins. One old 50, one old 500 to the same banker, and they didn't have any. They didn't have it to pay him, so the banker forgave both of them. He said, "So Simon, who do you think will forgive more?" And he said, "Well, I think, I, I guess the one who owed him more, the one who owed, owed him 500." He said, "You're right." He said, man, when I rolled up in your spot, he said, you didn't greet me with a kiss? He said, when, 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 I, when, I, came, when I came to your house, you didn't offer me any water for my feet because, you know, where, where they walked in those days, you know, their feet got dusty. He said, I came, I came to your crib, and you didn't offer me any water for your feet. But this woman is washing my feet with her hair. But with her tears, and wiping them with her, with her hair. He said, when I came in, you, you didn't offer me any, you didn't greet me with a kiss. This woman had, had not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't offer me any, any, any oil. You didn't offer me any, any oil for my head. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but this woman anointed my feet with this fragrant oil, this perfume. Thank you, Lord. Look at uh, verse 47. He said, for this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. I wonder how much, how how many of y'all know that your sins have been forgiven? How many, no. Let me say it wrong. How many I wonder how many of y'all know that you've been forgiven much? Man, I tell you, the Bible says that we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. The riches of his grace is it's it's boundless. Thank you, Jesus. We, we have today. We're not going to be forgiven. We have been forgiven. We have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. See, Jesus showed this woman love. See, she understood that she was forgiven much. See, when you understand that you're forgiven much, you know that you're loved much. Amen. See, we don't need to monitor people and, and, and try to uh, tell them to stay out of sin See, when well, what we need to do is show people Jesus and show people their sins are forgiven. Amen. And when people understand that they've been forgiven much, they know that they are loved much. And when you know you're loved much, you'll sin less. When you know how much that you've been forgiven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, the, the, the Bible talks about certain things that... Uh, that we should have, like self-control, like add to your faith. Peter talks about these things in one of the the, uh, epistles of Peter. Add to your faith these things. One of the things he talks about self-control. Okay, somebody who lacks self-control, it says he that lacks these things, lacks self-control, has forgotten that he has been forgiven of his sins. And some people, that doesn't compute. I mean, to some people that, I mean, that's, they, they don't really get it. Well, why, how does, like, self-control, a lack of self-control, what does that have to do with my sins being forgiven? See, there's something powerful about understanding that you've been forgiven, that all your sins are washed away. Thank you, Jesus. You've been redeemed. And you've been forgiven. Thank you, Lord. And there's something about knowing that, knowing that you are forgiven much. See, you, you, when you have forgiven much, you love much. When you're forgiven much, you know how much you're loved. 1 John 4.10 from the New Living says, this is real love. You want to know what real love is? See, it's not about your love for God. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Our sins weren't covered like they were in the Old Testament. They They had to continue to make sacrifices year after year. The high priest would have to go in on the Day of Atonement on Yom Kippur and offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people, and he had to do that every year. Because it was not possible that the blood of animals could take away sins. But Jesus entered once into the holy place to obtain eternal redemption for us. He didn't have to go in year after year. It was a once and for all sacrifice. Hebrew says he offered one sacrifice for sins forever. And the word forever in the Greek, Hebrew, Latin, English, means forever. Whew, that's just so freeing to know that. See, this is real love. I want to know what real love is. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. See, that's what John understood. And five times in in, in John's epistle, excuse me, in in the gospel of John, five times he refers to himself as the disciple who Jesus loves. It's not in any other gospel except John's. Now, God didn't love John more more than the others, but John understood the love that God had for him. It was personal for him. It was intimate, see. See, it's not about your love for God. It's about his love for you. And when you understand his love for you, man, I tell you what, your faith will go through the roof because faith works by understanding the love that God has for you. Faith works by love. Not your love, his love for you. When you understand how much he loves you, you know there's nothing he wouldn't do for you. You, you, you understand that nothing, nothing will separate you from the love of God the love of your heavenly father, nothing will separate you. There's nothing he won't do for you. So you have confidence. You, 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 I mean, your faith just works. Oh, he, lo- he loves me too much. I can't fail. Whatever this obstacle is that, that's come against me, I, I'm not going, I'm not going under, I'm going over. I'm crossing over to the other side. This mountain's going to move. You know why? Because I know how much he loves me. He can't fail me. Because love, ha, I'm getting excited up in here. Love never fails. Now your love can fail, but his love never fails. His love has been it's always 100 towards you. Amen? It don't slide. The meter doesn't tilt 67% love because you had not done this and that. You haven't done what he told you to do. You haven't prayed in five days. You haven't read the Bible in a week. So, you know I mean? His love for you now is kind of like eh, 15%. His love for you is always 100. Man. <laughs> I just something about that, man. Is is, is There's something about knowing that you're loved 100% of the time. That you're righteous 100% of the time. Your righteousness doesn't go down to to 10%. You're always just as righteous as Jesus is. Even when you failed, you're still 100% righteous. There's not degrees of righteousness. You are 100% righteous. Thank you, Jesus, before God. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) Oh, man. Man, ain't that news. That song that old guy, Sam Cooke, was it? Some of y'all don't know Sam. Matt Matt knows what I'm talking about. He was even before my time, but he said, ain't that good news? Man, ain't that news. Thank you, Jesus. All right. This is real love, not that we love God, but that he, that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, once you get a revelation of Jesus, then you understand what, I, what I'm talking about when I say that I, I I'll preach a lot of different topics but I only have one message, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. When you get that, you'll stop trying to kind of fragment things and saying, okay, pastor didn't teach on marriage. So how I need to go somewhere where I can get help on my marriage. I, they're preaching on marriage over here. That's what I need. Or they're preaching on prosperity over here. That's what I need. Or they're preaching this over here. That's what I no, you need Jesus. But some people they don't understand what just talking about Jesus, what that has to do with your marriage. See, sometimes what what people are, are teaching about marriage is just psychology. And if you look in the book, where where's the scriptures at? How much did they talk about Jesus? I mean, I can go to the bookstore and get that. But there's something higher. Huh? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus can show me how to love Carla. It's not as simple as his needs and her needs and all like that. We're too complex for that. See, We devalue, many people, the Holy Spirit and his ability to show you how to live. What what were people doing in Paul's day before the five languages came out? How could marriage ever, ever succeed until the five love languages came out? And his needs and her needs. i getting quiet on me now. I mean, I, 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 tried, I tried all that stuff. And man, my, my marriage seminars, you want one real quick? Lord, love her through me. Lord, love Carla through me. I'm going to say this publicly because he said it publicly. I was in, when I was in Haiti... The uh, pastor of the church I ministered at—he was—he uh, he graduated from Rhema, Haiti, and his wife is the administrator of the school. And they were addressing the students, and he said he was a—he uh, was a newlywed. They were—I mean, well, actually, they—they had—they just got married. But before he got married, he was asking all these dudes. How should I, uh, how should I do my wife? Okay, I know we got some young kids in here, but I can't help it. We have children's ministries, so it's your choice. I, I keep it kind of cool, but uh, you know, after you have your honeymoon, you do your thing, right? Have sex. Okay, so he was <laughs> he was asking some of the, some of his guy friends. Now he's a believer. He was asking his guy friends. Um, okay, well, what? How should I do? Well, give me, show me some moves. Okay, I mean, he, he's saying this publicly. He said this in, in front of the school, and then his wife was standing right next to her. I said, okay, let me see where this is going, because I they were they were speaking French, but a guy was translating for me. I'm, I'm sitting in the back in the back room, and he's translating. I was like, "Wow, this is good." <laughs> so uh, anyway, I ain't gonna tell y'all the rest. Y'all don't want to know the rest of this. Man. But anyway, let's let's go on to First uh, John four nineteen. No, I'm gonna finish it. <laughs> so they get married. They're in the bedroom. And so he's trying all that stuff these dudes are talking about. And he's just striking out. I mean, she don't want none of that. You know what he did? He went in the bathroom. He took a time out. <laughs> went in the bathroom and he said, Lord, show me how to do this. Now, see, some people don't think the Lord is interested in stuff like that. See, he's interested in the small details of life. Remember, we, we talked about last week that not, one, not a, a bird won't fall to the ground without your Heavenly Father knowing about it. Are you not much more valuable than they are? He said the very hairs of your head are numbered. I mean, I love my kids. Don't misunderstand me. But I've never taken the time to count the number of hairs on their head. But God knows how many hairs you have. I'll make it easy on God. (laughs) Don't y'all laugh too hard, huh? But you think about that. He very the very hairs, why bother with that? Why bother to know when the, the birds fall to the ground? So that shows you, that's in the Bible for a, re- a reason. He's showing you, he, he cares about the, 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 the small details of your life. If you care about it, he cares about, about it. He wanted that man to love his, ro- life, love his wife right. I mean, the Holy Spirit, isn't it amazing? He didn't get it out of a book, he went in the bathroom. He said, the Lord help me with this. He helped him, and he went in there and hit a home run. <laughs> She's like, "I lied." <laughs> Amen. Praise God. See, some of y'all see, some of y'all don't get that. Well, think about when you're on, you at work, you got have a difficult situation, or you have a decision to make. Here, here here's a bright idea: ask the Lord for help. My wife has a saying when I um, try to find something around the house that she loses. She says, no. But she says, uh, did you ask the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit will help you. Anybody know what an AirPod is? Best AirPods ever made. Apple, you know, that look about this big. I was in Costco this week. And uh and uh, I like to go to Costco eat the samples. Yeah. But I was pushing the cart and I heard something fall. I had one of these hats that had dog ears. And the AirPods you, sometimes you don't I mean it's like they're so light and they, you, you can't feel them and you you don't know they're in your ear sometimes. So um I remember pulling my hat off. But I didn't I'd forgotten at the time it was in my ear. So I heard something drop, but I never I didn't wasn't even think about the airpod. I heard something drop and I looked down at the floor and said, I heard something, but I don't have anything that would on me that could fall. So I didn't pay any attention to it. So I went on about my business. Went on, spent some time in Costco. And it happened, really, right after I got in, in the store. Then I went over to fetch a pail of water over at the Three Rivers Co-op, fill my water jugs. And, uh, and I looked in my case, and I only had one AirPod in there. And I said, uh-oh. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. and, so, uh, and then, and in an instant, I realized what happened. I said, that's what dropped. But how many of you know Costco big store? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember where the drop happened. Plus, somebody could have picked it up, walked away with it, somebody could have stepped on it. It's like, it's this big. I'm telling you how much God loves you, how much God loves me. And I'm thinking, I mean, just one of those things, it would, I, I found out later, I knew it was going to cost, I estimated about $60, and I was, Right, just that one to replace it with 60 bucks. And I said, should I go back? Should I call and ask the customer service? But I just decided, let me go on back. So I went in there and I uh, just started looking on the floor. I was only in there one minute. And I, had, I had one of them in my ear. A guy came up to me. He might have been an angel. The guy came right up to me. I wasn't in there a minute. He said, did you lose an AirPod? The Lord didn't let me go through all that real estate in that store. He said, did you lose an AirPod? I turned it in over there. So before I went to the service desk, I went to get some money out of the machine because I wanted to, you know, give him a 10 spot. I couldn't find, I went down, I looked down every aisle of that store, could not find that guy. He said that it wasn't no angel. It might not have been, but it might have been. See, the Bible says sometimes you entertain angels unaware. He said, "God don't care nothing about no airpot. He care about me." See, and that, see, that's what you need to understand. Get him involved. Save me sixty dollars, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you Jesus. Save me money. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. First John 4:19, We love. Why? Because he first loved us. Thank you, Lord. We love Say we love, we love. Because, he because He first loved us. See, be convinced of the love that the Father has for you. Now, Jesus is our, our Savior. Now, let me, let me get into the heart of the message, and we'll, we'll pick it up next week. But John 1, John chapter 1, I referred to this earlier. See, Jesus, he came to redeem us. Jesus and the cross was a rescue mission. And the reason why that he shed his blood is because blood was a uh, was offered as a sacrifice since Adam, God instituted blood covenant, and I'm going to teach on blood covenant. I taught on that in the school in, in Haiti, but God offered the first blood sacrifice when He killed an animal and uh, pro- provided those I mean those coats of skin. He provided them from Adam and Eve when they fell. And uh, in order to get coats of skin from an animal, blood had to be shed. And that was the first blood sacrifice. That was God sacrificing blood for the sin of Adam. And since then, blood uh, was was required for forgiveness. Leviticus 17.11 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And some people uh, try to uh, avoid talking about blood, and, and they don't understand, they don't have a revelation of the power of the blood. There's some people that don't read their Bible. They try to take the blood away. Oh, you know, that's, that's just, you know, why would God require blood? Because he does. <laughs> he said without shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Okay, And that's, that's the whole reason why Jesus had to shed his blood. See, God could not sweep sin under the rug. He could, couldn't sweep it under the rug. In order for him to be a just God, sin, the, the consequence of uh, Adam's sin, because Adam's uh, sin, uh, death, spiritual death entered the world. That was a consequence for his sin. And so, in order for man to be forgiven, Jesus had to go to the cross. Somebody had to pay. See, the wages of sin is death. Somebody had to pay for what Adam did. So God just didn't say, oh, you know, they're, <clears throat> they're forgiven. No, he had to take care of it righteously or justly. Okay? Because he's a just He's a forgiving God, but he's a holy God and and he's a righteous God. And and, in order to satisfy his justice in forgiving us, somebody had to pay for our sins. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came, it was a rescue mission. Y'all understand that? Okay, so. Oops, I'm in the wrong John. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was, no, I'm in the right one. Okay. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. Now, see, this word uh, for word is lagos. He was the the word who became flesh. We'll see later. He was God with us, Emmanuel. He came to introduce the Father to us. No, nobody knew God. See, they, they knew God as Elohim, they knew God as El Shaddai, they knew God as Jehovah Nisi, our victory. See, they they knew those names of God, but, but see, they didn't know God as Father. He came to reveal the Father to us. Nobody knew him like that. So Lagos is the living word. He came to live among us. And see, man, this is why I don't understand why people don't understand the gospel and why people don't understand grace. All you got to do is look at the word who became flesh and watch how he operates. Watch how he functions. Did he go around pointing out people's sins? Did he have a sin management ministry? Did he have a behavior ministry? modification ministry. No, he was around the people that they didn't think he should be around. Like that, that woman with the alabaster box. Man, she saved all that money. It had that expensive perfume and she, she didn't waste it. She put it on his feet while he's just reclining in the chair. They're whispering, I don't don't even know that that woman, don't even know kind of woman. If he was a prophet, Jesus knew who he was. See, people can come up, oh, man, you know, they, they act all saved. If they were really saved, they'd be accusing you of stuff like they accused him. Imagine what they're thinking about Jesus. This woman got a year's wage worth of perfume, Pouring it, anointing his feet with it after he had wiped, it, you know, washed his her feet or his feet with her tears, wiped them with her hair. Now she's pouring oil while wow, he's laying back in his massage chair. You imagine people, man, look at it. The woman caught in adultery always accusing. And Jesus said, I don't condemn her. Huh? The woman at the well. Huh? Come see a man. Is her testimony. Come see a man that told me everything I did. Even though she had, she'd been married five times. The women, the women didn't want nothing to do with her. She had a bad reputation, but Jesus went to her. Amen. He said, yeah. He said, call your husband here. He said, I don't have a husband. He said, well, I said, you've had five. The one you're living with now is not your husband. And some people look, oh, yeah, he called her out. But we don't see no condemnation in that. She said, Lord, I I perceive you're a prophet. Okay, I get that. But he offered compassion. Why don't we just do like Jesus? And religion, man, they got it all messed up and mixed up. My goodness. Oh, we're going to have to, we got a sin problem in the church. There's no sin problem in the church. Sin have been dealt with. The sin problem has been solved on the cross. What we need to do is preach Jesus. When are we going to get that it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance? That's just counterintuitive for some people. They just, it doesn't compute. How is it, you know, no, we got to, we got to call them out. No, just let them. Just give them Jesus and tell people how good Jesus is and how that they've been forgiven much. That, that is the ministry of reconciliation. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses under them, but canceling them. That's the message that we need to tell the world. Not, not holding up signs at the Planned Parenthood place. Is that that's not the gospel? Where's the good news in that? We need to give people Jesus, and it's the goodness of God that changes people. Understanding. That they're forgiven much. Then they'll understand how much they're loved. Jesus, what, what about this? Telling people how much Jesus loves them. How much do you hear that? Thank you, Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He was where in the beginning with God. so the, so see the son was never born. all things, see he always existed with the father. all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. okay let's drop down to verse 14. The word that was in the beginning with God became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God bore witness, excuse me, John. He was full of what? Grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. He, re, he came to reveal God as Father. Thank you, Jesus. Man, that's a powerful statement that no, no one has seen God at any time. No one really had a full revelation of God except Jesus. And see, if you want to know what the Father is like, look at Jesus. He said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. That's why I said, go to the Gospels and see how Jesus treated people. See how Jesus acted. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. I love this. How he phrases this. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is what? Given. You see the child. See, underline that in your Bible. Mark that. The child was born, but the son wasn't born. The son was given. The son was given. The the son didn't have to be born because the son always existed. And the government will be upon his shoulder. This is talking about the government of God, God's kingdom. And see, people misunderstood that. When he came, they thought he was going to fix the the. He was going to be a socialite, not a socialite, but somebody who would like kind of fix the world, the world system. But he didn't do that. Amen. He didn't get, get, get into politics and all that kind of stuff. That's why I don't get in, into it. He came to change people's hearts. But religious folks, they was expecting somebody else. We thought you were going to come restore the kingdom to Israel. He came to minister to hearts, minister to people. The government will be upon his shoulder. He came to declare the kingdom of God, to reveal the father to people. And his name will be called, I love this, Wonderful. <laughs> oh, this first thing he said about his name, his name is called Wonderful. Hey, Wonderful, Jesus is one. Isn't it But isn't that a great description but Jesus, He's wonderful. I mean, He just does so much. Wonderful, just covers everything. I mean, it's wonderful. He's, he healed me. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> he gave me victory. It's wonderful. He restored my marriage. It's wonderful. He, he, he gave me. He gave me a, a, a blessed, He blessed my finances. Wonderful. It's wonderful. Praise the Lord. He's the one. If you need, if you need counseling, He'll counsel you. He said He's a counselor. He's mighty. God, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Jesus said uh, in John 14, 27, my peace I leave with you. See, it's not a world peace. See, the world's peace is dependent on circumstances. Now get this. See, the peace that you have is not dependent on the circumstances. See, the world, the world has a peace that's dependent on stuff happening on the outside. See, Jesus works from the inside out. There's a, there's a thing in the world that they, they, they call it kind of like a minimal, minimalist uh, kind of theory or to where if you just fix things on the outside and get things in order, get your life in order on the outside, then you'll have peace on the inside. But see, Jesus doesn't work like that. Jesus works from the inside out. He gives you peace on the inside. And your peace on the inside, see, you will have peace no matter what, even in the midst of the storm or in the midst of the fire. Worldly peace. See, see, Jesus said, my peace, I leave with you. It don't come and go. It's a part of. Of your recreated human spirit. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. See the world's peace is dependent on everything. Being right on the outside. Then they have peace. But Jesus is a. It's a peace no matter what. It's a peace. in while you're in the midst of the fire. And and, and his Peace is there an aggressive peace. Well, some of y'all didn't get that. You know, when, when they call, like, cancer, when it spreads, they call it aggressive? We have an aggressive peace that stays put. And when you're in the midst of the fire, see because some believers are like, oh, I'm looking for some peace. I need some peace in my life. You got peace. You need to draw on it. It's an aggressive piece that you have in the midst of your trouble. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's a good place to stop right there.